for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. Today, I want to thank our sponsors, Home Instead. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And I am so excited about today's show. We're going to be asking the question, how do we become qualified? to be a mentor and I have a great expert on this show today named Tony Johnson. Tony, welcome so much. Kathy, thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm so excited about having you, and I really want my listeners to know just how special it is to have you on the show. So I'm going to give them a little bio about you, and already they're going to feel like they're in trustworthy hands when I get finished telling a little bit about you. Tony is a community leader, a civic giant, really, from Boulder, Texas. He's been married for 33 years to his wife, who is also a entrepreneur. He has two children, Ashley and Aaron, and he retired after 37 years with the same company. But in the meantime, while he was working full time, he has thir- he's accumulated 13 years as a member of the Bullard ISD. Can you imagine serving on a school board that many years? Not only that, while he was doing that, he was also serving with the Chamber of Commerce. And I remember at least one or two years, Tony, where you were simultaneously president of both both. I couldn't believe it. And I noticed when you sent me your bio that you also now are on the community, on the board at the community library there in Bullard. So I don't know if anything happens in Bullard without you, Tony. I mean, you just lead the rest of us. We're so grateful and and amazed by you. you. I would, I would think something was wrong with you, except I know the kind of family support you have. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to get you to tell us your story. I want you to tell me a little bit. Of course, I love your family. I could talk about y'all for myself for the whole podcast, but I don't want to do that. I want you to tell me some of the most important things that you learned growing up in the family. Tell us a little bit about your family background. Well, uh, thank you, Kathy. Now, first of all, I'll let you know that we're, we're, I'm from a family of eight kids. <clears throat> I'm the second oldest son, but we, we didn't grow up with a whole lot. And I, I say that, I didn't say we grew up poor because we never knew we were poor. We had uh, what we needed to have. We had food. We had clothing. We just didn't have the best of everything. And I don't think I would change it for anything in the world. But I'll tell you what we did have. We had two loving parents that were there 
when they we needed them, they were guidance. We had we were in church on Sundays. We we were from a religious background, and we were taught to love each other, care for each other, and take care of one another. And I, I'm telling you, those are the values that I learned as a child that I maintain as a, an adult that I try and teach my children and, and those around us. So we we had a very very good uh, raising as children. So it's been a great home life. You know, I had Darlene Marshall on the show, and I first really met your whole family, especially your parents, because I put it together one day when I was with you that you and Darlene were siblings, and immediately I wanted to meet your parents. And I I think I even hurt your dad's feelings the first time I met him because I was so enamored to meet your mom because I'm a girl, you know, and I'm a mom and I just wanted to get her advice. But but we all know, everybody knows this, that having a strong father in the family is so crucial to raising kids that really know how to succeed in life. And so every every single mom I've ever talked to has grieved about finding mentors for her sons. Um, every Every person I've ever known that was very successful had some reference point to their dad. Now, some of the very successful people I know have had dads that didn't didn't show up really. And exactly. so some somehow they found other ways to get that need met. And and I think what you said earlier about being in the church, that's that's an important part of your story, I know. Tell me a little bit about your faith. Well, you know, I'm a <clears throat> definitely a little first I'll tell you I attend Corinth Missionary Baptist Church in Bullard. But, you know, Kathy, I go back to how we were raised. Nothing happens in, in this world without God's purpose. Uh, I often, people often ask me, hey, Tony, why does God let this happen? And why does God let this happen? First, I tell them God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. But most of all, we have to understand that God has power to do whatever he chooses to do whether he chooses what we want it done, won't done, or what somebody else chooses to have done. But he's still in control regardless. And I am strong in my faith. There's nothing I believe that happens to me that God doesn't prepare me for. And through his strength, through his will, through his blessings, uh, I'm able to make it day by day. I don't worry about the problems I face in the day, because I know the Lord uh, will give me guidance. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's how I feel, too, that God is so much involved in the process of our lives, and I always turn to Him for guidance. I know that is a hallmark of your life as well. I recognize that myself. I, I just want to say that out loud so my listeners will know that I can verify that you live what you believe. But I guess really we all do. So the question becomes, um, when kids are raised in homes where they they don't get the kind of beliefs that they should about their own worthiness, that becomes problematic. One of the things that happened when we were growing up, I was in... Um, I was probably in sixth grade, so that was old enough to remember well when the schools in East Texas desegregated. And and I want to hear from you because I think it's such an important topic, and, and you've done a beautiful job in your life of not letting man-made divisions 
keep you from being unified and loving people from all walks of life. So tell me a little bit about how 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 old were you when desegregation happened and how did your families, your your parents and the rest of your family kind of navigate that process? Well, first of all, I, we were taught to love everybody and not judge people according to their color. But I will tell you that <clears throat> there are some memories I have that I can't say are always good. Uh, I can remember having to uh, go with my mom to the washeteria and we had to go in the back. Mm. And I remember at the doctor's office that we went to the back of the doctor's office and curious me one day just wanted to see what the other side looked like. And I got in trouble for that. But I, I, I think we have to understand that that's the way it was. Now, when I went to school, I started uh, school in 1965 in kindergarten. And that was the first class to integrate in Bullard, Texas. And because I did not go to an all-black school, now I visited there because my sister went there, but mm-hmm. I, I did not attend the all-black school. So when we first came to Bullard integrated, you know, I have to tell you, there wasn't uh, any problems in the kindergarten. That. Now, I can't tell you there wasn't in the other one. We just didn't know at five years old, we just knew that I, I, I like you because you had, I had things in common with you or we liked the same things and we would dislike each other because maybe we didn't have things in common, but it had nothing to do with the race. And you know, the big no, fact, the big, the, well, not to interrupt, but the big factor on the playground when I was a kid was who could run the fastest. That was, that was the whole status right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And what I found interesting because at that time you start playing little league ball and, yeah. and those same friends that you made, their families got along with my family. So right. It wasn't a big issue there. Now, as you got older, uh, you would see some of it begin to still be there. And there were some times that you know, I can recall an instance where uh, one coach told uh, the whole basketball team that, and there would be no starters uh, from black girls. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, that, that was an issue that was new to us because, again, as we were coming up, the friends and so forth that we had created, uh, they were just there because we liked them. And so, but it, my, my parents always told us that you don't go looking for racial issues, but you don't ignore it either. So I think that's that deals. That's how you learn how to deal with a lot of it. We're only going to have about two more minutes before we have to go to the break, Tony. I want you to before we go to the break, give me just a bite or two about what I just want to sound bite about your beautiful parents. You know how much I love and admire them. So tell me a little something about that, and we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about. Well, you tell me what you want to talk about next. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, over the, they were married over 50 years. You know, we lost my mom about four years ago, but yeah. she touched so many lives. And she just oh, made yeah. an impact. And like I said, my dad, the words still are ringing in my ears when we get to Christmas. He would tell us, you know, all I want for my kids is to be a good Christian and, mm-hmm. and to be a, a good citizen. So those are the things that yeah. if we get back to those type basics, life will be good for everybody. Well, I love that, and your parents are the epitome of that. It, w- it was so good to see him. Yeah, I noticed on your some of your stuff I read that you've been a 
deacon in your church for 30 years. You've only been married 33. I imagine your yeah. mom was so happy when they invited you to be a deacon. I can easily imagine, oh, Sister Bertha. Yes, yeah, she, she really was. Uh, and so was my dad because he had been on the board oh. for a long time. What a pleasure yeah, to serve together. That That's so dear. I want to talk some more about serving together like that when we come back. And then okay. uh, I, I, we're going to spend some time talking about mentoring and what that means for all of us. But don't go away. I want my listeners to stay with us because Tony Johnson is just a wealth of good information about what it takes to raise a great family and how to spread that to other families. Don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. I'm here with Mary Ottman, and I asked her to tell you about Water to Thrive. Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of five die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu? Whenever. It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. 
Well, Home Instead is our sponsor today, and they're making possible this conversational adventure with my friend and respected community leader, Tony Johnson. And Tony, before we went to the break, you were talking about what it was like growing up in such a nuclear family and with lots of siblings. I want you to tell me what, tell me, I know you are so known for all your great storytelling and you give public speeches and educate the educators all the time, but tell me a couple stories about just being a dad and a son. What does that mean? Well, first of all, I'm going to start off with being a son because I think you have to be the son before you can be the dad. And my experience with my dad the biggest thing, first thing he taught us was that you get nothing for free and that you have to work and that everything you get. And his, his favorite saying to us, especially when we were playing ball was you play like you practice, you know, and that goes, that goes not only in sports, but in life, whatever we do behind closed stores shows when we get out in the public. And so I learned from him at an early age that you play like you practice. And he was a very disciplined dad. You know, it, there was no going in the corner and sitting until you, your time was up. It was get to punishment and then get on back to work. But there was never a lack. There was never a lack of love uh, in those punishments. And there was never punishment given that I didn't deserve. So that's one thing I can really, really say there. But, and I but also, just can I throw one thing in here? Your dad, because I know him, looking in his eyes reminds me, like, if I looked in God's eyes, what would that look like physically? <laughs> he has so much love in his eyes. I can't really even imagine him being unhappy with you, but I can't imagine him <laughs> being very stern about misbehavior, like, but still loving, you know, in his eyes. Yes. And, you know, Kathy, the thing, and we, we talk to our nieces and nephews about this, I know people talk about peer pressure, and, and I understand peer pressure, and I understand what it is. But I can honestly tell you that growing up, I had no peer pressure because oh. I wanted—I never wanted to discredit the family name. Mm. I would do nothing that would cause my mom or my dad to be disappointed in how we acted or how how we represented the family. And I think once you once they instill that in you. Then in, when you become a father, as I have with my children, then you turn around and then you instill that in them. You instill that same respect. Mm-hmm. Now, I, my dad, if, if you first meet him, he's kind of quiet, but he mm-hmm. is a jokester. He loves to laugh and have fun. <laughs> but you laugh and have fun, even you're laughing and have fun, you keep it respectful. You never yeah. step out of that line of respect. And so with my kids, we love and ha- laugh and have fun. My my daughter and I laugh and have fun all the time. Mm. My son and I joke, but they keep it respectful. <laughs> so, and I, I love hope it. to instill in them the same things that it was instilled in me. And well, you know, we're go ahead. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to read this because we're talking about what qualifies a person to be a mentor to others, and you have been a mentor to our whole community. But now you've also added to that mentoring other young people who are in crisis in in the school system or in the community. So I want to read your philosophy of being a father slash mentor, if that's okay. As 
Okay. As a mentor, I have come to realize that our young boys and our young men want and need a father figure in their lives. Contrary to many beliefs, the youth of today actually want someone to guide them, to teach them, to train them, and discipline them. But most of all, they want someone to love them. We have to realize that hurt and loneliness knows no race, creed, color, or economic status. I just, I love that, Tony. I mean, that was a great, I couldn't wait to quote you on that. So, Well, well thank you so much. And that's so true. It, it really is because hurt is hurt. Yeah. Hurt doesn't choose. It doesn't have a choice. And it just it it has an effect. Well, tell us because I know you consider time to be our most valuable asset. So, tell me about the time you spend with your son. Just a just a minute or two, and then we'll talk a little bit more about mentoring and how that translates from your own nuclear family to the greater community. Right. I think with kids in, in general, and I'll use my son uh, because I, I I want to be that mentor to him as well, but. You have to start early. It's like planting a seed. When, when they're young, even in the baby stage, they're, they're like a new plant being planted in the ground. That's when they get the most nourishment. That's when they need the most nourishment. They're going to receive something that influences them. And as a mentor and a father mentor, you have to be the one to, to nourish that. Otherwise, someone else will. And if so if you're not there to, to guide somebody else will, will take on that role. Oh, that's a scary thought, isn't it? it? It really is sometimes. Well, in your in your opinion, what are some of the most nourishing things you can say to a son? I love you. You know, oh. and, and, and I think you don't only have to say it, you have to show it. But it's being there more than anything when they need you. Now, I'll go back to my father. My father is not the most affectionate guy in saying I love you, and, and, I, and I never missed it because I felt it. Anytime right. I needed something, it was there. Anytime that we, we needed something for school, somehow they got it. So mm. he said I love you in a nonverbal way. But yeah. today, I think Kids today, I think, really need the verbal mm. because I think they compare themselves to so many other people. Mm. And if if the other kids are getting the I love yous, mm-hmm. then it feels a need that other people need to say the same thing. So I think the verbal is more needed now than it ever was in my day. When, you, when you're talking to kids that are not your own children, do you say, I love you? Or do you say, wow, I think you're so cool? Or how do you handle that? Well, again, I think people want real. I think kids want real. Uh, I think they want a combination of, hey, man, uh, I tell them I'm proud of them. And to, yeah. when you tell a kid you're proud of them, you can't love a kid without being proud of them. And yeah. I think kids love to hear I'm proud of them. Depending on the age, if you get a 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid, the I love you may sound, uh, they don't want to do that. But the, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of yeah. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of who you are. That never gets old. That's never embarrassing. That's never, don't say it in front of my friends. Uh, it's one of those things that is good to hear regardless of who and where you are. Well, I just, I just can imagine kids hanging out with you 
are so nourished and enriched. I just know that. I've seen you with with the kids. So tell me a little bit about how how you plant good seeds. For instance, when you're hanging out with a bunch of teenagers at the church youth group, and there's one. How, first of all, how do you even notice the one that might need the attention? Well, most of the time, they're, they're, they're either one of two ways. They stand offish and quiet, or they try to steal the show. Yeah. And the standoff, the standoff in quad is, is just trying to find out where they fit in. They're looking, saying, hey, do I belong? Is this for me? And the standoff, I mean, the one that's, that's bold, that's always having something to say, maybe it's, it's funny or smart, is saying, look at me. I, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of. And so that's when you go to them individual, put your arm around them, say, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, How you like here? You start a conversation to get to know what to fix. To me, wow. it's like being a doctor. I can't die. I don't diagnose the, the problems until I have the symptoms. So wow. when I start talking, I'm I'm looking for the symptoms. And if it's saying, well, you know, I, I don't know if she's supposed to be here, or I just came with my friend, uh, then you kind of know it gives you a way in which to lead to the next step and and what well, questions to ask next. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell my listeners, now, Tony has written an amazing book called Me and My Boys, and you can find that on Kindle or Amazon very easily with Tony Johnson, his name, and Me and My Boys. And in your book, Tony, you just walk us through the events that you went through as you became a mentor in the lives of these young men that you call My Boys. And I got to tell you, your book is like a fable without the sermon or the lecture. I mean, I just loved it. It's like I read your story and, of course, knowing you. But even if I didn't know you, I would be so enraptured with the way you tell the story. I couldn't wait to turn the page and find out what happened to the boys next. And it's not anything It's not anything shocking. It's just what you would expect. It's what we all know is happening right now in public schools all over the United States. So we, we're going to have to wrap up the show. We only have a couple more minutes. But I want to ask you, I, I want you to come back and do a whole segment, a whole episode on what it means to mentor and how we can myth bust. We're going to call the other one. This one is qualified to mentor. We're going to call the other episode, uh, the other half of this show, we're going to call it uh, myth busting about mentoring. And so I'm going to tell you all the things that keep me from mentoring, and I'm going to just let you shoot me down on that, okay? You got it. Love to come back and do it. Okay, and don't miss Tony's book. You can find it very easily. Is it on Kindle and Amazon or just Amazon, Tony? It's both. Kindle and both. Amazon. Oh, and it's so inexpensive. I could not believe it when I saw the price. I already had one, of course, because I bought one immediately. But And I don't know if I got you to sign mine, but i got to have that happen, too. Anyway, great book. You know, it's a great book if you're doing a gala fundraiser for anybody that's mentoring. You can get a sponsor for the book, send it home with everybody very inexpensively, and it will help your donors know how they can invest in the lives of young people. So don't miss a chance to read Tony's wonderful book, Me and My Boys. And I'm going to close this episode. Tony, thank you so much for being with me. My pleasure, Kathy. If you'd like to know more about 
Tony or about my sponsor today, Home Instead. Or if you want to recommend a guest for a future show, just contact me at Kathy Craffy. That's Kathy with a C, K R A F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. Thank you for joining us today at Camp Crafty Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts. Truth with a Texas Twain, spoken here. Got in.